Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are excited to recap the season three finale, episode 22, Those Are Strings, Pinocchio. The Netflix bio for this final episode is Rory and Lorelai plan for Rory's graduation from Chilton, but major developments involving the inn threaten to dampen the festivities. Yay, we are here. Yeah, finally <laughs> at the end. I love graduations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before we get into things, we're wrapping up our sticker giveaway. So if you'd like to enter, all you have to do is uh, send write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Send us a screenshot of it to TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you a sticker. And you can also find us on Patreon where we are providing you with our ad-free episodes as well as a support tier for $5 a month if you would like to support the work we do here at Talking Fast. And another way to get stickers is to uh, send us an email or voice memo with your thoughts on season three. We're putting together a little collection of listener thoughts and hot takes about season three to air after Mm -hmm. our interviews uh, in July. So if you'd like to be part of that, send us an email or a DM on Instagram, and you can also send us voice memos to talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I mean, you could get a chance to be featured in an episode yeah. <laughs> and get a sticker. I mean, what more could you want at exactly. that point? <laughs> and we are also excited to announce that even though we are ending our current season pretty soon here we are planning to come back for season four in august so don't you worry just like the arrival of a new school year at yale we are gonna be there for you yeah this might be the first time we're like perfectly aligned with the beginning of a season time wise (laughs) i think we've aligned with a fall before yeah i mean it's pretty easy because fall is gilmore girls yeah (laughs) It's exciting, though, to be aligned. (laughs) We'll probably be, like, around the same week that Rory would be moving into Yale. We'll Mm -hmm. see. (laughs) Yeah. So as we head into our recap of the season finale, how are you feeling about it? I am very excited. I love a good graduation. They make me very sentimental. And I just, I like how this season wraps things up. It's... It Mm -hmm. leaves with a cliffhanger, but not, like, a dramatic cliffhanger, um, like we've seen in past seasons. Like, you just, you know what's coming. You want to come back to see Rory go to Yale and Lorelai open the dragonfly, but it's not like, you know, there was just a huge blow up or something like that. So, it Mm -hmm. it was a, I think it's a great episode. What did you think? I agree. I feel really good about it as a season finale and the fact that, It just seems like they really knew where they wanted to begin and end this season and they complete that they complete that vision really well in this episode. And I think it's just a fitting like strong episode to an overall strong season. Mm -hmm. And I found a hard time finding anything negative I wanted to say about it really. So it's going to be a fun emotional way to like end the season got to get that cry meter ready (laughs) you saying you had a hard time finding negative things makes me realize I forgot to find a Friday night dinner so 
I'll be doing that on the fly this episode <laughs> if I can think of one. Maybe your critique is that there is no nothing to yeah, critique. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into our um, our in-depth recap, we can do one last talking fast for the season until that is our special one where we try to do the whole oh, season in our season recap. Uh, nightmare. <laughs> but that's a problem for future us. Yes. <laughs> so you are going first. Are you ready? I believe so. All right. Three, two, one, go. It's graduation week, which means that Rory and Lorelai are preparing for their backpacking trip. Also, Lorelai and Suki are trying to get the dragonfly, but... There's some problems with Independence Inn. It's being sold, so Lorelai doesn't have any money, so that sets up a plot line. And then graduation day, Rory gets strikes a deal with uh, Richard and Emily for the money, and then she graduates. Everybody cries, and Suki and Lorelai get the inn. Uh, that's okay. good. <laughs> I felt myself flailing in the middle there, but I pulled mm-hmm. it through. <laughs> you did. You ended strong. Okay. Are you prepared i will do my best okay ready set go we start off positively practicing backpacking and inspecting the dragonfly and it seems like everything's going to be great and everyone's going to get you know their wishes uh but then you know the independence in goes sooner so lorelei suki are out of the job and there's a money issue because there's no aid for yale so they're using richard's money for that but then rory strikes a deal so then they both can get what they want so suki and lorelei do get the in by the end and rory graduates so does paris and it's a speech and jess calls but doesn't say anything okay oh, i'm glad you remember jess i forgot to put that in <laughs> Yeah. There's also some good Luke stuff. Cryptic Luke stuff. Yes. Yeah. Luke and Nicole, though Mm -hmm. Nicole was nowhere to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's dive in, slow down, and recap this episode. We've got a cold open at Luke's. A very typical (laughs) cold open, Mm -hmm. as we've stated before. And right now, we don't have Friday night dinners, so it's like... A pretty good gamble that this is the only way to open an episode I feel like yeah <laughs> yeah we see Rory and Lorelai walking through town with their like fill to the brim backpacking backpacks on and they they get to Luke's and like take their backpacks off and are already complaining from the short walk uh from their house to Luke's which makes me wonder how they're gonna survive backpacking across Europe Though I think there's a a misconception here. They are living out of backpacks. They are not backpacking as in hiking Mm -hmm. and living in tents and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So it's slightly more in line with them. I would, I mean, we see in, I guess, a year in the life, Lorelai attempt to do real backpacking. Yeah. These were not the backpacks I had envisioned. And I think you're right to point out that this is not quite the style (laughs) that actual backpackers use when they go across Europe. Um, But I do think it's humorous that you point out this. They're tired out from the walk from their house. We would assume Mm -hmm. (laughs) it like they were acting like the day after the dance marathon. Yeah. (laughs) Very similar acting and jokes. But it's like that was a lot more exercise than this walk. But it's a good little bit for a cold open, you know, Mm -hmm. and 
the central thing that this scene offers us is the confirmation that the graduation is happening this episode and that Luke plans to go. It's a really sweet moment where Rory says, you know, you don't have to go. But Luke says, he says he feels like he's been through the whole Chilton thing with Rory. And then she says she wants him there. And I will see this again later on at the graduation. But I just love when we see the support system and the family system that is Stars Hollow and Rory's life. And it's easy to like, always be kind of negative about the way everyone in town worships her but it's also really like just so heartwarming to see these other like non like heteronormative family structures that are at work in Stars Hollow and in their two lives and it's just I really like it. Yeah it reminds me of when Lorelai went to Luke's uncle's funeral it's just like they are unspoken family at this point. Mm-hmm. It's very heartwarming. Agreed. We also hear that Luke is planning to go on a cruise with Nicole, which Lorelai suspects means that he's going to propose. I guess that's what you do on cruises. I didn't know this <laughs> reputation about cruises. I know. And it's a cruise like to Alaska. If it was a cruise like, I don't know, maybe around Venice or somewhere like that, it might seem more romantic. But a cruise to Alaska mm-hmm. seems more adventurous to me. I thought the cruise to Alaska, I associate that with grandparents, but it could just be because my grandparents have taken that cruise. So have my grandparents. (laughs) It also made me think about, since we did just like record covering the revival with the women of Questionable Morals pod, one thing Lorelai says in the revival is that she feels like she's facing her mortality recently. And one line she shares that exemplifies that is that she looked at like a pamphlet for a cruise and so it's just interesting like maybe they forgot she assessed cruises in this way at this point because maybe if it's like she would have thought oh maybe I should take Luke and get proposed to on the (laughs) cruise or something like that but hey I didn't expect to talk about cruises so much (laughs) (laughs) I have a few friends who are like cruise enthusiasts Mm. And it doesn't, I love the ocean, but being on a boat with hundreds of people unable to leave doesn't sound fun to me. (laughs) Agreed. But, you know, whatever floats your boat, as they say. (laughs) As they say. Well, we will come back to this boat in question a little bit later in the episode. But for now, we go to the inn in question In the next scene, they are surveying the Dragonfly property. Luke is inspecting it. And again, I'm not quite sure what gives him (laughs) the expertise for this. You know, he's like a like he's not quite a contractor. He's like a handy guy. But hey, um, he says that nothing severe is wrong with it. And Lorelai is like, doomsday predicting but she is actually like has to face like oh this is actually like something hasn't gone wrong for once and this might have actually been like a steal for the price they paid for it and you've also got Kirk as well (laughs) adding some Kirk humor to the scene he's looking around for mold talking about how he's afraid to find it and then he runs screaming and it turns out he saw a mouse. Um, Classic. But overall, the inn is in good shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's even got its like characteristic wisteria 
which I think we've yeah. both talked about in the past as being like whimsical, ideal. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. so pretty. So after this stuff at the Dragonfly, we go to Chilton for a short scene where we see the seniors, it seems, um, recording like kind of farewell videos. Uh, my schools didn't do this i'd never this must be like a prep school thing i don't know did your I didn't school do this, do this either okay. it was just like the one girl that we see a lot who to me looked kind of like paris a little bit <laughs> it obviously wasn't mm-hmm. her but she had a similar look and similar like uh tone of voice but she was talking about all these great things that happened and like it was almost like a really cheesy oscar speech or something mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Paris is making fun of everybody in the background, planning to give what promises to be a harsh farewell. <laughs> Completely. I also had my just sass attack in the scene for Paris's comments about valedictorians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Particularly the line that she just um, she just outright says valedictorians don't necessarily do well later in life. And so it's kind of like the subtle diss toward Rory and her way of coping with the fact that Rory got valedictorian over Mm -hmm. her and I think it was just a fun way like you might expect Paris to get heated to yell things like that but she took a very subtle quiet way to like subtly dig at Rory being the valedictorian Mm -hmm. was it possibly actually predictive though with (laughs) yeah that's what I was gonna say too like it is a bit of foreshadowing as well. Whether or not that was intentional, Mm -hmm. I don't know at what point they planned for Rory to kind of like spin out, you know. Yeah. And yell. Yeah, I'm guessing it was probably just a happy coincidence, but yeah, (laughs) I liked it even so. It does fit into her characterization, Mm -hmm. definitely. (laughs) The people who like peak in high school, I think that's sort of what this is implying. Yeah. But this is probably the last we see of Madeline and Louise, interestingly, until their cameo, I believe, in season four. I wish they'd had them at the graduation. Mm -hmm. It was weird that we only saw Paris and Rory. Yeah, and Brad. And Brad. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, no, no. They were there. Sorry. Because they say go out on a high note to Brad. Sorry. Oh, okay. We just get a little vignette from them. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I wish... I mean, as always, I wish we got more of them, and it would would have been cool to see them, like, also say goodbye to Paris and Rory. We get a Mm -hmm. kind of heartfelt goodbye from Paris. Yeah. After this, we go back to the inn that is open and running, barely. Barely. (laughs) They, I guess, have one guest, which is, like, you can't even keep the lights on with that. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Michelle and Suki are both standing at the front desk, bored out of their minds. Um, We also, Michelle gives his little, I should have been a dancer, which I think has become a meme that I've seen before. (laughs) Mm. But there's also a line similar to that in Dazed and Confused. So maybe that's what Ah. I'm thinking of. But uh, we also we find out that the owner's son is here with people inspecting the property. I was super confused by this because yeah. is the owner no longer Mia? Like why this kind of distanced? I it don't was know. so weird because at this part, 
they say they specifically say owner's son Mm -hmm. and then later on i guess his name is john and he comes over to talk to lorelei and he says like mom Mm -hmm. like my mom so i think that he is mia's son but why not say mia yeah it was very ambiguous and it had me thinking like it would have been cool if they could have brought Mia back mm-hmm. for this. Oh, I'm guessing yeah. that, you know, the actor was unavailable or they just like, you know, had a lot of things going on. But that could have been a good way to close the chapter of the Independence Inn as well. Yeah. But I don't know why they didn't just say her name. I know. Unless they're like implying she sold it, which she had been thinking about when she visited Lorelai, But then why don't we get the new name? Yeah. Or, uh, it was strange. Yeah, we'd kind of... It had been implied that she wouldn't sell until Lorelai left. Right. But it would be cool. It would have been a completely different finale if Mia were there and then also yeah. went to the graduation because then there would also oh, be yeah. tension with Emily. I would have liked yeah, that Yeah, that would have been bit, interesting. Be <laughs> Speaking of Emily, in the middle of this scene, we get what is probably our last... Emily calls Lorelai at the desk of the Independence mm-hmm. Inn <laughs> scene and it is Emily and Richard and they're calling to ask Lorelai if they are sitting together at graduation. Lorelai says, of course, but this won't be the last time they assume Lorelai won't want to sit with them. Yeah. <laughs> and then they also ask her for her approval of a gift, which I found like, oh, that's, you know, good of them to like run this by Lorelai rather than Mm -hmm. just doing it on their own and then it's also good of Lorelai to say she thinks the car is a good idea Mm -hmm. um it seemed like they all handled this in a very like cordial way um until it's rather funny at the end there's a slight twist in mood when Lorelai says like actually it would be a gift for me as well because that (laughs) means Rory can come see me and Emily's face just like falls and I think Richard's Richard's does as well and it kind of takes a bit of the joy out of it for them (laughs) that they're like damn it this is supposed to be all about us and Rory and they didn't think about Lorelai and Rory yeah (laughs) I'm sure like if it hadn't been sprung on them they would have been perfectly fine with it also being partially a gift to Lorelai but the way that Lorelai was saying it (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's also that Emily hasn't dropped this, like, fight Mm -hmm. between them either. So she's, I think that's a factor in it as well. It's very much about, like, both of them wanting to get what they want without the other person getting something as, like, that's how Lorelai frames it Mm -hmm. at, like, the end of the episode. Yeah, I admit I love the bit from uh Emily especially about sitting with Lorelai it seems I know it could come off as her just being mean still but it to me it feels more like a humorous like trolling of Lorelai throughout the whole oh. episode <laughs> which I I like see there are a few different Emily Lorelai things that I see as that like with Emily just like consciously teasing Lorelai to get a rise out of her Mm -hmm. that I know other people don't necessarily see that way Um, and I don't know if Lorelai always sees it that way but I still find it funny. I like that read on her actions in this episode. I was reading it more as passive aggressive but I think those two things could go Mm -hmm. hand in hand you know messing with Lorelai and being passive aggressive. Yeah absolutely. (laughs) Well 
from here, you know, at the end of the scene, Lorelai gets the news from John, whose mother may or may not be Mia, that they are leaning towards selling the inn. This does not surprise me, as you said, with one guest only, like, they're joking if they thought it would stay open. And Lorelai is a bit bummed because she kind of enters a nostalgic reflection of, like, oh, Rory and I grew up here. But we don't really know the extent of her, like, emotional reaction until the next scene where she goes to Sookie's. And this is a very fun scene. Mm -hmm. With a lot of like, humor to it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take this one away sure. as our number one Sookie stand? Yes. <laughs> yeah, she shows up uh, with champagne, with like a completely happy countenance. They're celebrating something. She pours champagne for her and Jackson and apple juice for Sookie. And then they cheers and Lorelai says they're cheersing to the inn closing the inn is closed they're out of work <laughs> and then in like a kind of hilarious like manic type of scene they all attempt to maintain this like cheeriness as they're talking about their lives spiraling <laughs> yeah like Lorelai's talking about how she's not gonna have enough money to swing the dragonfly without also working at the independence inn because she's using the money for Yale Jackson even starts to talk about how He's the vegetable supplier for the Independence Inn, so now he's also out of work, and then Suki's out of work, and it's just, like, <laughs> they're, I mean, understandably all, like, kind of having a, a mental break, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, they're also <laughs> attempting to keep, like, a celebratory tone, which just makes it all so much funnier and also mm -hmm. sadder. <laughs> yeah, they're, like in turmoil mm -hmm. on the inside but pleasant and smiling on the outside yeah. <laughs> just drinking and drinking you know <laughs> yeah I can understand like sometimes when you get like waves of bad news the only way to deal with it is to ha like make yourself kind of disassociate in a way <laughs> for a little while and laugh at like yeah like the absurdity of it yeah you know come back to the reality in a little while and that seems yes. to be what's happening yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, they have definitely detached from reality under the guise of like a celebration of the like new challenges, mm -hmm. as they put it, <laughs> and growth. Yeah, which is something everybody loves. <laughs> mm. Meanwhile, the rest of the town is at a town meeting and they have all lost their attention at the same time <laughs> as Taylor is going on and on and, you know, he asks for like a vote or a response and Luke says I think this might be the first time like 60 people have lost track mm -hmm. of like what they were thinking <laughs> about at the same time yeah <laughs> I had my stars hollow moment in this scene when Taylor brings up the deer problem in stars hollow mm -hmm. Kirk suggests getting a wolf pack basically to take care of the deer and then, of course, there'd be the problem with the wolves after that. That was just, like, such a Kirk suggestion, such a Stars Hollow yeah. problem. It was wonderful. <laughs> I agree. Mayhem. I also like that we get a slight prom update from Lane once the meeting is over. Rory comes in and is like, oh, I missed the meeting, but she wants to see Lane's prom pictures. 
Lane has to leave because she's still grounded, but she leaves Rory with this like comically large bag of pictures she took. And it's very like, it's just, it's very, it's like very much how people use cell phones today to take pictures of like anything. She did that with like, what, I don't know, like a Polaroid camera or something similar. And she's taken like pictures of every part of her meal. Like here's my meal. Then here's my meal with one bite taken out of it. Like, it's just very, it's sweet, though, that she's so exuberant and excited about her prom. And it just had me wishing we'd seen the prom. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think the prom was like? I don't know. I bet it was in the Stars Hollow gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, I wanted to at least see a picture of Lane and Dave there. Yeah. I'm sure it was, like, because it was probably, like, the highlight of Lane's high school career she's also graduating Mm -hmm. at this time yeah so why didn't we get at least a little bit of it (laughs) yeah and to have like a fairly central plot of the season be lane and dave and then recently their big conflict has been the prom logically it doesn't quite make sense to not show us like the resolution of that which i guess they did we found out that they got what they wanted but we didn't get to see that and I feel like it's a missed opportunity but I think as you pointed out like Rory's not there and I think that's definitely why we didn't get it. They should have given us a scene of like Rory helping Lane get ready yeah, and then Dave then showing up. we could up. at least get the dress. Yeah. yeah. They like exchange of corsages or whatever because then we could I at agree. least yeah see them and since we have to have Rory there she would <laughs> She would be there. And then we could also see Rory looking sad and forlorn that she's not going to prom. Yeah. So opportunities, people. Maybe in that conversation, she could also mention she's been getting all these phone mm-hmm. calls that the person on the other end doesn't speak. Because I think it makes sense to the way they do it, that plot, that point later on. But it could have been even, you know, seated in there even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyways... <laughs> At the end of this scene, Rory approaches Dean, who is cleaning up after everybody leaves. And in one of the weirdest, like, contrived kind of conversations ever, she starts giving him wedding advice as somebody (laughs) who's never been married but whose mother has planned weddings before. (laughs) It was just ridiculous. She pulls out, like, a magazine of home appliances or whatever um that I guess would be kind of like a gift registry type thing saying Mm -hmm. that she's gonna buy them whatever they want just tell her what they want um it was just I don't and like they didn't they didn't even actually talk about their relationship like Roy didn't actually even apologize for reacting the way she had or anything it was just it was such a weird conversation what did you think yeah I nominated this moment as my Friday night dinner critique because as you know it was hard but I think the reason that I critique this is more so like understanding what it is foreshadowing for the following seasons it's like portrayed to be a sort of tender moment between the two of them the way that like the la 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 music starts to come in at the end and it's the very typical like double talk relationship chatter of like they're saying one thing but really they're saying another of like I'm sorry and 
it's like so cheesy to me it just feels weird and like I guess what just like annoys me about it is like I guess at the time you don't really know where they're going to take this but then it's like they just have Rory be pulled back into Dean once she is at Yale and they could have done that in such a different way like they could have really had her doing her own thing at Yale which she does to an extent but like I just hate that they choose like they could have chosen anything and they choose to have her like fall back into Dean like she could have had another like college boyfriend Mm -hmm. like before she met Logan and that could have been a whole like her learning to like maybe she'll finally break up with someone like I don't know she could have had like a completely different kind of relationship and growth like but they don't go that way so this is just more so like a Friday night disappointment yeah (laughs) yeah I get that if I had remembered to do a Friday night dinner I'd probably also do this part because they're really just like involving Rory and Lindsay and Dean's relationship again as well which is also foreshadowy (laughs) yeah and I think like when we had um Buffy the Gilmore Slayer people and this that hasn't aired yet so this will be like a a first look at it (laughs) um I think they mentioned like Lane and Zach being a result of like oh what character do we have like lying around that we can just use as a love interest for Lane rather than like actually adding something new for Mm -hmm. her right I wonder if that's kind of what they're doing with Dean but then also I think it's this obsession with like history repeating itself that we see the show do time and time again and yeah and then like the whole bad sex angle as well (laughs) yeah such a a weird scene well for now we can table that (laughs) after this we're back at home and Lorelai and Suki are doing alterations to Rory's graduation uh, dress I suppose Suki mentions that she has a job interview and then lets it slip about Lorelai, like, not being able to get the dragonfly, which shows Lorelai has yet to tell Rory about the financial aid information, which we found out about, was it last episode or two episodes ago? Like, we've known for a little while now that yeah, it was Yeah, I think it was last episode. Okay. So, Rory attempts to do, like, some on-the-fly budgeting (laughs) ideas. Mm -hmm. But what it comes down to is that Lorelai can't do both. She can't pay for Yale and do the Dragonfly since she doesn't have a job anymore. And Mm -hmm. she's choosing to do... to pay for Yale, which I think makes sense. It's very sad that Lorelai has to give up something. Um, But she doesn't want Rory to have loans, which is a good thing, especially for... I'm assuming Yale is like tens of thousands of dollars each semester. That'd be a lot of loans. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what Yale tuition would have looked like in the early or the mid 2000s at this point. But I I was going to ask your opinion about like Lorelai's like she doesn't think of loans at all. Like when Rory brought it up, I kind of felt like, oh, this is the first time I feel like they've really mentioned the idea of like financial aid through the form of loans and whatnot. And it's just it's interesting to me that Lorelai doesn't consider loans like at all. But I guess maybe 
this whole student loan of like committing yourself to loans like maybe that's more popular now you think she could also try and get a loan for the dragonfly i know we've kind of been over that storyline in the past but her circumstances have changed Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah um, my other thought about the scene was that Roy's graduation dress is really pretty, mm-hmm. but it's covered by a robe for most of the episode, which yeah. I, I saw as a shortcoming. It's like pretty and pink and it's hard to describe like the fit of it, but it's it's really cool. Yeah, there were a lot of great outfits in this episode. I had trouble totally. deciding on my Lorelai's closet, but it's coming right. up. Mm <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Well, we're going to see what Rory ends up doing about this Yale versus the Dragonfly money issue situation momentarily. Before that, we have a very short scene the morning of graduation. Lorelai is struggling to pack for their backpacking trip. And Rory is as well. And they joke that the trip is off because they just (laughs) can't get everything to fit in their backpacks. But... uh, Then Rory leaves to go to the Gilmores. Is there anything else to say about that little scene? Yeah, my Lorelai's closet is Lorelai's outfit for graduation that we first see in this scene. It was like one of the, I think, most unique dresses I've ever seen. It was like a red, bright red crocheted like dress with like a sheer or not sheer, but a skin toned sheath underneath. And then she had, like, the same color red kind of shrug on. And I just mm-hmm. haven't seen... I mean, I've seen, like, crochet-type dresses, but they're usually white or something like that. I've never seen one this color or this fit. And it looked so cool, and it looked so good on her. It was just a great dress. I loved it. I agree. I picked that dress as well. Um, I noticed it more, like, later on, but it's, like, a very memorable dress to me too like I could pull this look out of my memory if they're like oh what was Lorelai wearing I could probably describe it to you you know it's just a very good look and I w- it was hard to pick though because Rory's was great and Suki's was yeah. great as well like and Emily's fashion was, good. was on point yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> We interrupt this podcast with a graduation announcement. We are pleased to announce Rory Gilmore is graduating from Chilton Preparatory School. She faced challenges when she first came to Chilton from an unmentionable, humble school as a sophomore. For example, she got a D on a paper and was late for a test when she got hit by a deer. Yes, the deer hit her. She's even survived an intense fencing duel, clandestine sorority rituals, and a roar with Francie's senior class mafia. Despite these quirky obstacles, Rory rose to the top of her class in just two seasons. And by seasons, we mean years. She's the student council vice president and most importantly, the school valedictorian. She will be giving the speech at graduation and you are sure to hear many book allusions and personal anecdotes because after all, she is the main character. And by character, We mean valedictorian, of course. To see you, Rory, graduate via Chilton this Saturday. Make sure to arrive early to marvel at the architecture and debate how much the building insurance must cost. 
You'll also want plenty of time to find a row that isn't anywhere near Sookie St. James. She likes to climb over people at inconvenient times whenever she wants a good photo. She's not normally like that, but it's Rory's graduation. If you bring this graduation announcement to the ceremony with you, find Max Medina. He's probably hiding in his classroom or coat closet, hoping to avoid Lorelai Gilmore. Once you find him, show him this graduation announcement and he'll give you a complimentary packet of tissues. The goal is not to cry at graduation, but you might find yourself blubbering, so have some complimentary tissues from us here at Talking Fast. Okay, then we move to an important scene where Rory goes to the Gilmores before her graduation. They are pretty surprised to see her. She is pretty nervous and gets like pretty straight to the point once they all sit down and she says she wants to ask them for money. She wants it to be a loan. She offers to get a part-time job and pay them back like immediately. We'll start paying them back immediately. And then it will kind of correspond to how much she makes. So she'll start to pay them back more once she starts to make more money. And she offers to also reinstate Friday night dinners. Uh, their response is, you know, they don't say no or anything like that immediately. They are like immediately very receptive to this request. Richard counters with like, it doesn't have to be alone, but Rory wants it to be alone. So he offers probably like the best deal anyone has yeah, ever seriously. gotten for a loan, <laughs> which is to start paying it back five to seven years after she graduates and there will be no interest. Richard also says like, wow, maybe you should consider business because you have really good deal-making skills, <laughs> which I thought was, like, laughable because she was, like, offering a deal to people who, like, instantly wanted to give her money. But that's kind of beside the point. I think the larger question is, like, the repercussions of this, like, what it implies for their family moving forward and whatnot. Like, Roy's clearly handling this in a way that Lorelai wouldn't or maybe would, like... Um, what did you think of the scene and Rory's decision and how it all kind of came into play? I, I mean, obviously it like gives us what we need to continue the Friday night dinners and relationship and everything. I thought it was interesting how they reacted when they asked whether Lorelai knew that Rory was there and then Rory said no and Richard and Emily were just kind of like slyly smiling Emily looked absolutely, like, gleeful yeah. <laughs> that Rory came to them and that Lorelai didn't know about the creation of this arrangement. It kind of felt, like, a little sinister, yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, they also, like, it also kind of, as Lorelai says later, it kind of seems clear that they know that Rory coming back also means Lorelai is coming back, even though Lorelai is not mm -hmm. obligated to. So, I don't know. I think... I'm kind of surprised that Richard and Emily didn't offer to pay for Yale earlier. That seems like something they would do. And maybe they had or would have. We just didn't see it or something. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that makes me think back to the scene that we love when they tell them she's going to Yale and they barely react because they're understanding of that like conflict in the past and they don't want to upset Lorelai. I am. Um, 
And that's when they were kind of like on better terms before their fight. So I think maybe at that phase, they were like, oh, we got to respect Lorelai's boundaries and we can't offer that because it would upset her. Um, But yeah, ultimately, like that like gleeful look had me feeling like, oh, is Lorelai right that like this is kind of them getting Rory back in their web? But then it also has me thinking, like, are they in Rory's web? Like, I think it's not as simple as simple as, like, the strings metaphor later on. Like, of course, this money has strings attached to it. But of course, Rory is also aware of that. And she's not simply being manipulated by them. Yeah, she made the strings. And I don't think she's necessarily, yeah, she, like, created them and accepted them. And to a certain point, she's kind of attaching strings of her own. But I don't think she'll ever fully, like, realize the extent to which she is in their strings until she, like, upsets them and isn't in their good graces, which barely happens, but it kind of happens during the phase where she's staying with them much later on. Uh, I don't know. It's complicated. But the last thing I was thinking about is also just, like, the repercussions for Rory's character through this exchange as well because it was, like, I think for for at many points, not too many points in her life, she's been faced with something she can't have, you know, like that was sort of what Lorelai said to her once, like, have you ever wanted for anything? Like, I've always been able to give things to you. And then, you know, Chilton, the Gilmores helped them out with that. And now it's like when she's faced with something major that she can't have, she like can just go to the Gilmore money bank and get it and then be praised for the way that she requested it and I feel like that can't help but like formulate part of her character even if she thinks like she isn't within that world like just the fact that now she knows she could always do this if she comes into trouble has to like kind of affect her going forward and the question of like is she more in Sars Hollow or is she more in Yale slash Hartford and Gilmore World I think this is a big like entrance to it in the same way that I think like the country club and the like the coming out thing like some of those were like entrances and this is a major like thing I think yeah yeah I also found it interesting later on like we've seen Rory bring up finances to Emily and Richard when Lorelai doesn't want her to before for the loan a few last season I think yeah for the termite stuff and yeah Rory makes a big deal about how this time it's like for something that is fully hers like Yale is her deal so therefore she can you know go behind Lorelai's back and ask for the money I don't know if it's that as different as Rory wants it to be like Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of depends on your family situation. Like for some for some people, college finances are totally just up to the student or like really in the student's hands. But a lot of times it's the family's hands together. Yeah. So it is kind of, even though Rory wants it to be just her thing, it is still like dragging Lorelai in yeah. and going behind her because back. Because it was either... It was either Lorelai was paying for it or the Gilmores. Rory never considered 
her pain mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. You know? So I think you're definitely right that it's an entwined thing. It's not so simple as it being like her college tuition. Yeah. I'm also just, what the hell is Christopher doing right now? Like, he has a good job. Is he not... Like, did he not offer to, like, go halvesies with Lorelai to pay for Yale or something? Like, he's not even at the graduation. What is he, what is he doing? This gives me big, like, they weren't able mm-hmm. to get the actor vibes because the, I do like that they address it later at the graduation. They're like, where's Christopher? And Lorelai says he's out of town, but they're going to like buy the video or something like it sounds like he's very like oh I wish I could have been there but I can't and it's just such like a like silly sad cover-up it's it's not like just another thing like there's only one time she's going to graduate from high school and be valedictorian it's just yeah yeah he should be there they should have tried Mm -hmm. harder to get him there like the Mia thing could have been a bonus yeah but Christopher is really a must I think yeah yeah, and just because we have Luke there as a father figure does not mean Christopher can skip out. Yeah, and to be honest, that another sort of major thing in the season was Sherry being pregnant and everything related to that. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a good final moment for the Sherry thing as well because they were like literally there at the birth of her child. Yeah. <laughs> like we could have had them like have a moment. We could have seen little Gigi. Yeah. So many missed opportunities. I mean, still a good episode, mm-hmm. but so many missed opportunities. Yeah, I know. It's funny at the top. I'm like, I don't think there's anything negative I could say about this episode. And then I'm like, it should have had this. It should have yeah. had this. But I still feel very good about it. Yeah, <laughs> they did great with what they had, I guess. Right. And this takes us to graduation, which is, you know, a lot of scenes that I really love. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely where my glowing praise will come in even more. <laughs> we open up with the adults arriving at graduation. I love that Luke and Jackson are off, like, yeah. <laughs> geeking over the architecture. I thought it was so cute. And in general, my Stars Hollow moment is the fact that Suki, Jackson, and Luke are there. Um, Kind of like what I said earlier in the opening scene, like, it's just such a special thing to me. And I think such like a integral part of the show is them being so involved in Roy's life. And I feel like we got more reminders of that in season one. Like when we had her birthday party and Miss Patty was there and Babette and everything. And they all clearly have memories of Rory that Emily didn't. And she felt really like sad about that. So I like that they returned to that. And it's just so like seeing them all in the row, mm-hmm. like just sitting next to each other. It made me emotional to think about like all they had been through and how they all loved Rory as if she were their own family because she kind of she is for the most part. I and it's like, where else could that have happened? Yeah. Like, it's such a Stars Hollow thing to me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it also shows, like, Lorelai's ability to build a family. Like, she's got mm-hmm. Emily and Richard there, who are the, like, technical family. And then her real yeah. family of Luke, Sookie, and Jackson, all supporting yeah. one kid. <laughs> and speaking of family, I like that when Paris arrives, mm-hmm. she's with her nanny um who's called nanny soledad in the revival and all of her like i guess she has like three kids and she's talking them in portuguese which we've seen like 
a few times before. And this was another like coulda, woulda, shoulda moment for me. It had me thinking like it would have been nice if they'd incorporated the nanny and her family in Paris even more throughout the season because they nod to it. Um, But they could have like done more with it, I think. And like later on next season, Paris will arrive at Yale. Like it could have been cool if it was her nanny dropping her off, yeah. you know, and then people are like, you're in college. Why do you have a nanny? Like stuff like that could have explored because it's like, yeah, they spent a lot of time exploring different family relationships with Rory and the town and Paris is in something like that of her own where like her actual parents are just gone. So I think there is more depth there they could have mined, but I guess they can only mine so many things, right? Yeah, <laughs> I did love that they at least included her, like her actual support system in this yeah. scene. I, Paris in this episode was just great. Like she had so many little mm-hmm. quips and stuff and it was just like a great kind of amalgamation of her character and Chilton the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so after this, once they're all there... Rory, uh, well, Lorelai goes to find Rory and tells everyone that she's the mother of the valedictorian. (laughs) Rory (laughs) tells her the news that Emily and Richard are paying for Yale, which, of course, Lorelai does not respond well to. I thought that it was like this could have been a huge blow up fight, probably because Mm -hmm. of the sentiment of the day. It didn't get that way, but also just because it's like the finale so you don't want it to get too out of hand but Lorelai yeah. kind of goes on about how Rory's falling into their web as we said earlier how they're manipulating her and all that Rory insists that no she's the one who's manipulating them Lorelai wishes mm-hmm. at one point that there could just be like a win-win-win instead of a win-lose situation <laughs> uh, with her parents um, but in the end she kind of she seems to kind of accept that this is happening and doesn't really fight it very much, which is surprising, but also nice. <laughs> yeah. And I think to a certain extent as well, she does view Yale as something of mm-hmm. Rory's as well. Like we talked about earlier, she's definitely involved with it, but there is like, yeah, it's her college. She can go ask someone to pay for it, you know, but um yeah, this is where we get the episode title. She yeah. says, hello, po- Pinocchio. Those are strings. Like, they don't always, like, directly say the episode title. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and that, as you said, like, it's framed as, like, a win-win for everyone by Rory. And then Lorelai says, like, I want to win and for them to get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> which really felt, like, the bitterness of, like, their history that will always be there. Um, like just that, I think that's such a good way for it to be described. Like, oh, everyone wins. You think it's good. But Lorelai is still like, I don't want them to win, you know, like, and I think that's often how Emily feels as Mm -hmm. well. Like I want to win and have it my way. Um, whereas Rory is more in compromise land. She's (laughs) diplomatic. And the last thing I want to say about this whole money debacle, we've already kind of acknowledged this before, but one last time. I think it is so funny that Lorelai has a problem with Rory asking for the parents to pay for Yale when she's planning to pay for Yale with Richard's yeah. money. 
Like, what? <laughs> I don't know how she views Richard's money through that, like, investment as different from what money Rory is going to get. And the fact that I think the most important thing is that Lorelai herself views it as her own money. And that's kind of the point. But as an as a viewer, I'm like, that's all exactly the same money. You're fighting over. It's not different at all, except that Rory actually is trying to have it be a loan that she'll pay back. I, d- I don't know if that happens, but yeah. like, <laughs> I just think it's so silly to me. Yeah, it's all just like, because the money is in Lorelai's checking account at this time, then it's mm-hmm. fully hers. But Richard and Emily could wire her the money for each semester of Yale. Would it then be Lorelai's money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that it has the fiction of being in her name and being her money like Richard presented it. And that's kind of true. But it's mostly like, well, he did that. And he his prior money is the reason that he could do that. And yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> well, speaking of, the grandparents. This is where when Lorelai heads back, they're continuing their seating games. Mm. They've like <laughs> sat in a totally different row and Lorelai's like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we didn't know if you would want to sit with us. Feigning so, cluelessness. <laughs> yeah, feigning cluelessness. So they follow Lorelai over to where they're sitting. They mentioned the whole like why Christopher thing isn't there. And once they sit down, they sit one seat away from <laughs> Lorelai. <was> <laughs> like, they're being so petty. And Lorelai's like, you guys can come closer. <laughs> like, sit next to me. <laughs> uh, then, as graduation is starting, we get a recurring bit of Suki pushing her way in and out of the row. <laughs> she, like, first goes to call the person about the inn, and then she goes to take a picture of Rory, like, stepping right up in front of everybody to take a picture, <laughs> which is, it reminds me so much of um, Emily and Richard at Lorelai's graduation, but, like, one is yeah. acceptable and the other's not. Yeah, one's a bit more over the yeah. top. <laughs> I've definitely seen this behavior at graduation ceremonies before, really? <laughs> so it was very in line. Oh, yeah, parents are always trying to, like, get the pictures i've been at graduations where there's like a designated photo area that you're supposed to stand in there's also the whole like don't clap for one person clap at the end like they try to control these behaviors because yeah it's like suki is kind of getting in the way supposedly you know but like parents are gonna parent the way they want to you know they're gonna be like front and center it's like well my kid i need a picture despite (laughs) the fact everyone else is saying the exact same thing yeah this also had me realizing how convenient it is that geller and gilmore are so close in terms of last names because paris and rory are sitting next to each other they probably didn't think about that at the Mm -hmm. start of the show but it's very convenient for two of your main characters to be able to like be next to each other (laughs) Mm-hmm. As the ceremony starts, we get our headmaster Charleston little speech. And then mm-hmm. Brad gives a speech. <laughs> I, was, I had no <laughs> idea why. Like, what function does he have? It was hilarious. Yeah. It was a great speech. He ends up singing a song. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brad. Oh, my God. This, like, had me laughing so much because he seems, like, so poised mm-hmm. and confident as he's talking at the start so it's very much the whole like broadway changed him bit he also name drops like 
Stephen Sondheim and that he was on Broadway. So he's like flexing. And then he says like, I wrote a poem and it's like taking a turn. And this is when we have the last sort of Madeline and Louise vignette when they say like, oh, Brad, like go out a winner. (laughs) But he decides not to do the poem, but to do the Cherish the Heart song. (laughs) And he's singing it. And it'd be one thing if he was just singing the song, but he goes, bong, (laughs) bong, like does the instrumentals great. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) I thought this was incredibly funny. Um, And I don't know what function it was either. Another thing I wish we had seen is that Shortly before that, Paris apparently was in charge of reading the Pledge of Allegiance. And she says Charleston wouldn't let her change the lines she took issue with. So she's going to say them, but she's going to use air quotes. And it had me wondering, yeah, like what lines did she take issue with? Because the Pledge of Allegiance is fairly short. Like I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the government, something from what you're saying. But it was like the under God part. Oh, yeah. And maybe that the United. I don't know. (laughs) Are we united? (laughs) Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Under God is definitely one she probably called out. Uh, Did you have to say the pledge in school? Uh, Yes. But by the time I was like 16 or 17, I was uh, (laughs) anti-government. I was like (laughs) a little teenage anarchist. So I refused to say the pledge. I like teachers for a little while kept hounding me about it and I kept telling them it was my right not to say the Pledge Pledge of Allegiance if I didn't like what it stood for and so I just didn't say it for like the last few years of high school so cool took a stand (laughs) I didn't really it was more in college when I started to get into those sort of attitudes but we also had to say it and it was very like it's so like we would do it in homeroom, mm-hmm. you know, so you're like half asleep, like barely have your hand over your heart, yeah, like blah, blah, so blah. Rude. Like even the people who were going through it, it was just very like routine, yeah. you know, but interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway. Such a strange <laughs> ritual yeah. for a place that, no, I won't go, I won't get into it. Yeah. That we could add way more time yeah. <laughs> to the episode. Uh, let's see what happens. And then Rory gets up to say her speech and... Yeah. I marked this as I am now crying. <laughs> I was like tearing up along with everybody else as she was saying how much Richard and Emily meant to her and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. I also made this my gazebo moment because it's just like nice. so heartfelt and sentimental. It mm-hmm. didn't necessarily make that much sense as a valedictorian speech that's supposed to represent all of the, all of the students, but Rory's our main character, so <laughs> it was her about her journey. I, I was touched. Yeah. <laughs> I was touched as well and tearing up because the other thing, like I didn't really tear up during the, the speech at the start, but then once the characters mm-hmm. are crying, that really got me because I am a sucker for when other oh, people yeah. cry. Yeah. That really gets me. And so often it's like, a random example but if something really bad happens in Grey's Anatomy like the devastating plane crash I'll cry in that episode but it's the episode following where you see everyone like mourning and grieving and processing and crying that is the one that like wrecks me (laughs) so much I guess I just have empathy or something (laughs) so I really loved the way they like inter like they connected little lines 
as she was talking, showing Lorelai and Sookie saying, like, not crying. And they pass mm-hmm. the news down the line, Luke like, don't cry. Blubbering. And then, yeah, and then they're like, um, we're crying, but we're not blubbering. <laughs> and then they're like, we're blubbering. <laughs> so sweet. Um, I Yeah, and I just really like the way she phrased, like, Lorelai is her guidepost, like, Emily and Richard are her pillars, and, like, I love the, you know, the faces, like, Emily and Richard look so, like, proud and pleased, and Richard, I mean, Lorelai looks so emotional when Roy calls her out, and I agree that it takes a very, like, personal turn mm-hmm. that is not exactly <laughs> of the genre of valedictorian speech, we don't necessarily see the end of it, so she could have pulled it back around, you know, like maybe you all had similar yeah. experiences. I don't know. But I think at the start, it is pretty like spot on mm-hmm. valedictorian. And I gave my Rory's bookshelf to her very like bookish opening, oh, yeah. which I thought was quite fitting. And I I won't read all of it, but I had like, I really like her line like, I live in two worlds. One is a world of books. And I just think that's very like, what a good way to structure this and to say it. And then she talks about a lot of different allusions. You've got like Faulkner, Melville, Twain, some guy I've never heard of, John Kennedy Toole, Tolstoy, Proust, and she mentions Napoleon as well. I don't really know like if that's like autobiography or a history book or whatever. Um, interestingly, these are like a lot of American writers. And then she threw in some fancy like Russian and French guys. I had me questioning, like, is this a flex? Do these books really reflect like her or I, or is she trying to do illusions people would understand? Because that's also important in a speech as well. Notably, there were no women writers, which I thought was curious for Rory and no writers of color, which did not surprise me necessarily. Anyway, I, even though I was kind of like shading it a little bit, I do like this like bookish approach. Um, And then to like her personal world, she goes from there. Yeah. After this, when the procession starts, Suki again pushes out to get more pictures. There's a little Mm -hmm. side conversation between Jackson, Luke, and Richard about insurance costs, which is very funny. It was hilarious. (laughs) And they're like, focus. (laughs) And then Paris crosses the stage and she gets my Jess ass attack. When she shakes Headmaster Charleston's hand, she says, no hard feelings. (laughs) And he just like (laughs) says, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) It was great. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Like, what is... I guess it's just a a blanket statement for all of... (laughs) Yeah, what All of his missteps, perceived missteps. Yeah. I like that it's so ambiguous mm-hmm. and that Charleston is like, wait, what for what yeah. exactly? <laughs> and it's like so clear that Paris is going to like go far beyond Headmaster Charleston's own ambitions ever. Like she's just going to rise so far above him <laughs> in this mm-hmm. little moment. Rory goes across and she doesn't say anything weird, but as she's turning her tassel, she makes a funny face at Lorelai who reciprocates and this uh, does not go well with Emily who wants them to have some dignity. She's like, why is she doing that? And Lorelai says she taught her everything she knows. (laughs) It was great. That's also like another 
like scene or image from Gilmore Girls that just lives in my head, them sticking their tongues out at each other. Yeah, my younger sister's friend at their graduation did that to her mom when she graduated. So I do think it's like a very iconic and like fun, replicable thing, you know. Um, Another very fun element of this is that once they're all back and seated, Sookie comes back to tell Lorelai that they got the in. And so Lorelai quickly scrambles to like write a message on the back of the program and like try to communicate this to Rory and she does see it and she gives like a thumbs up it's very just like yay like spirits are just running so high at this point it's like everything is coming together Rory's valedictorian she's graduated she's going to Yale Lorelai and Suki got the in like woohoo everything's (laughs) turning up roses or whatever that phrase is (laughs) After the ceremony, we get a little scene with Luke, which is very interesting. First off, he says goodbye to Rory, and she thanks him for being there. And then Lorelai tells him to have fun on his trip. He says they may not go. Lorelai's comments about how like going on a cruise together meant proposals and all that kind of stuff got to him. And... Lorelai encourages him to still go. Luke responds to this by saying, you think that's okay considering everything? Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) What do you mean, Luke? Like, we -hmm. know what he means, but there hasn't been that much, like, Easter egging for this comment this season. You know, I, I don't feel like it was totally warranted. I feel like they just wanted to make sure that we were all still like on the edge of our seats about Luke and Lorelai ever getting together. Because when Lorelai responds like, oh yeah, I didn't feel like she was necessarily aware of what he was implying. Like sometimes I think like, come on, you have to know what he's saying. And like, but I didn't, because one reading of this would be like, she's pushing him to go knowing that he has feelings for her, but thinking like, oh, it's better for him to be with Nicole or whatever. But I don't really think that's going through her head. I think she's mostly like encouraging her friend to do something in his relationship and feeling slightly bad that she like teased him and maybe persuaded him to not go. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It did feel, it was like, okay, this makes sense because they're like a will they won't, like will they won't they couple. But I think you're right that this wasn't quite being built to in the way that they've kind of had a conversation like this before, I feel like. Yeah, we hadn't had that many meaningful glances for a while, really. (laughs) No. Well, the next little scene post-graduation is between Paris and Rory. They talk about how they hated each other while smiling, and they hug and say their goodbyes. And I kind of like that they don't say Mm -hmm. at this point that Paris is going to yell. Like, they have to know... But I like that, like, they're leaving it as a surprise for Rory and us, even though we might, you know, suspect it. But at the time, like, I don't know. People could have, like, thought, like, oh, yeah, they're just not going to bring Liza Whale back. Like, they don't bring Madeline and Louise, so. Yeah, very touching also in a funny kind of way. (laughs) Yeah. And then Emily and Richard come to give Rory her present. (laughs) They guide her over towards the parking lot and say, it's the one with the bow on it. And they all turn and every single car there has a bow on it because every single family had the same idea. 
<laughs> and my Rory's bookshelf is actually in this scene, strangely. Mm. Emily explains that it's a little Prius, the one that Leonardo DiCaprio drives. <laughs> and so I looked up <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and a Prius, and he still drives a Prius, according to mm -hmm. uh, articles from 2022, at least. Yeah, because he's kind of like a save the earth yeah. kind of guy, and right? And it's, it's like, yeah. it's interesting. There are all these articles about how he's like worth like 300 million or whatever and he still drives a toyota prius. That prius you know it makes me respect him a little yeah. bit more and then you remember that he only dates 26 year olds and then you're like Meh. no he dumps them when they turn 25 oh, even worse yeah. wow gosh what a weirdo strange i don't know man. i'd have to look i've seen a chart that tracks his dating <laughs> history and it's very telling well at least he has good taste in cars yeah that's a fun reference yeah I I liked this bit a lot. Part of my like logical brain was thinking though like there's no way that these rich kids didn't get yeah. a car for their like sweet 16. So but you suspend that knowledge and I think this is really mm -hmm. a good bit. <laughs> Maybe they all just got new cars. <laughs> oh yeah, true, true. After this we get a bit of a turn of tone. Rory gets a phone call and then it, the person hangs up and they call back and she walks off into the hallways of Chilton by herself and she starts talking despite the fact that nobody's talked yet on the phone to her. She says that <laughs> she knows it's Jess and she tells him he didn't handle things well at all, you know, just leaving and all of that without explaining anything, without telling her that he was having trouble with school and then she says she thinks she might have loved him, but it's over now. She's not going to be pining for him anymore. Uh, that's it for her, which I thought was good. Mm -hmm. She doesn't often take stands. <laughs> so I yeah, like that I was she proud did. of her. Yeah. And it was very warranted. And I thought this was really good acting on Alexis Bledel's part as well, because I think I've heard before or at least imagined like phone call scenes like this are a little tricky when it's like you're talking to someone but really you're just like alone yeah, yeah. acting this out like having to imagine Jess you know and so she really just like did all of that just totally on her own which I thought was really yeah. good. Yeah then we switched to a shot of Jess in California on a payphone where he hangs up without saying a word. Yeah he <sighs> sighs and then the la 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 music yeah. comes in and I didn't remember if we did get a shot of Jess in this episode or not. And when the music started playing, it almost felt like end of episode. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're not really going to close yeah, on that Jess, just are we? And yeah, luckily it wasn't. Yeah. But that really felt like a you'll see him next time on his own show mm -hmm. kind of thing. That did not end up happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess, I don't know if this is a question asked because, but I don't know. Like, what do you think Jess wanted to say because he was doing a very jimmy thing of like wanting to contact her but then kind of like not in the moment being able to say i anything. don't know and i like i guess i understand kind of having a hard time getting your words out but if he's been doing this a lot that means he's been like thinking he could have rehearsed something to say like at some mm -hmm. point there's no excuse for not saying anything i know it just gets creepy yeah. at a certain point yeah does he just want to hear her I voice? I know, which is so, like, so <laughs> weird. That's something you do when you're, like, 12, yeah. or 12 years old, you know, not when you're 
you've left kind of like what lane was doing (laughs) earlier in the season with dave and we're like uh why are you doing that (laughs) and she was just like checking up on him so yeah interesting strange think about how many quarters he had to spend he's doing that at a payphone could have just said i'm sorry at least (laughs) seriously he could have written her a letter yeah but Rory failed to write him a letter last summer as That's well. True. So they really are two peas in a pod. True. <laughs> but she finally got her stuff out here, which I was really happy mm-hmm. to hear. Felt like that closure that Lorelai was seeking from Max earlier, yeah. a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Doesn't always have to be two-sided. Mm-hmm. After this, we go... I thought that this was kind of a weird cut because Luke is yes. like in his apartment. Or I guess, will we see Luke in... Luke's cleaning up and it's the evening mm-hmm. and then Lorelai bursts in and says don't get engaged and then leaves and then we see Luke wake up as if he's mm-hmm. been home for a long time sleeping and everything but the scene right after this is like right back to Chilton so it was just it was just enough like they just wanted to add more will they won't they stuff <laughs> yeah it's like he maybe he made it home mm-hmm. by the time that Roy and Lorelai are in the hallway, but I feel like he wouldn't have. Yeah. But even if he did, like he immediately went to yeah. sleep, <laughs> and then like he really got tuckered out. <laughs> was in his REM cycle in seconds. <laughs> yeah, but this scene definitely did trick me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why is Lorelai saying this?" Yeah. And then they got me with the dream thing, and I, <clears throat> I agree, it doesn't fit well where they put it, but I do really like that it parallels the opening. Yeah. Of That's season three, thinking. which opens with Lorelai's dream about Luke. And then we're kind of ending it with Luke's dream about Lorelai. But I like this dream scene would have made sense at the end of the episode. But I see why they wouldn't want to like end on that because it's not the right like summative scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. It was an interesting. I guess that's kind of your cliffhanger right there. <laughs> A little bit. (laughs) And then, so for our final scene, we're back in Chilton. Lorelai is taking Rory. She wants them to sign their initials on something in Chilton, which Rory is pretty, like, she keeps coming up with reasons not to (laughs) uh, vandalize different parts of Chilton because they were all donated by famous literary figures or something. And Mm -hmm. in the end, they decide not to, but Lorelai... Forces Rory to pause. Lorelai's so good at this, like forcing Rory to pause and take a moment. And then she says, it's not so scary anymore, which is such a good, mm-hmm. like a, a great way to kind of sum up the end of high school. When you go into high school and you're yeah. like freaked out, it's terrifying, new building, new classes, new everything. But by the end, you look back and it's like, obviously high school is not, you know, a walk in the park, but <laughs> it's not as scary as it seemed on that first day especially for yeah. like transferring to new school and stuff yeah that was my gazebo moment um like you said I think it's just such a good way to describe like closing a chapter of your life like when she goes to Yale it's going to seem really scary right but yeah just like the look around for a second yeah take it all in it's not so <laughs> scary anymore and they do a shot as they're like walking out of the building from really like high up so you see like the staircase and the fancy floor and whatnot so it's a really kind of like 
final look at Chilton, you know, and it's just so big and polished and whatnot. And they're walking out and it really does kind of visually communicate like we're done with this as the show as well. Like we're not going to be back in this set and it's over, you know, and they've got the la 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 music going and it's just really very sweet. Yeah, A great way to the end the season. I can't believe yeah. we're done. Where does this episode fall for you in terms of season one and two and three in terms of finales is this like your number one Uh, or does it fall elsewhere on the scale I don't know I think the season two finale was so like packed full of drama and those were like real dramatic cliffhangers yeah the Christopher Sherry's pregnant the Jess kiss such different tones but I think that yeah I think two would be my favorite and then this one and then season one finale was just like you know not not one of my favorites (laughs) (laughs) it was it was good but I think I would rank it in the same order as you I think maybe two and three could tie because they're satisfying in different ways you know they scratch different itches yeah it's like, do I want to feel good and cry or do I want to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see when we start season four how we'd rank openings. So that's interesting. Yeah, totally. Also. Because it's really varied a lot mm-hmm. in the other yeah. seasons and <laughs> their approach to yeah. it, you know. Who is your MVP for this episode? My MVP, I have to go with Rory for this episode. Just everything about it, you know, her moment to shine as a valedictorian her bookish and emotional speech her going to emily and richard though i have like complicated feelings about it i do sort of admire how she took charge in that moment and in the same way she took charge in the jess conversation really like closing that relationship chapter and then closing her chilton chapter i was just like you go girl you know and now you're off to yeah, yeah. <laughs> like wow <Just> growing up. <laughs> how about you mine was also rory for my mvp <laughs> for the yeah. same reason it really is her episode yeah and i'm excited to see i i enjoy chilton rory the chilton years but i also really enjoy the yale mm-hmm. years and i at this yeah. point i don't feel like i could pick a favorite because obviously we've just spent so much time at chilton now i want to see what mm-hmm. what yale is like going so slowly but i'm yeah. excited I know. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to college. (laughs) Yay. Growing up. (laughs) Well, on that note, done with season three. Woohoo. We will be here next week when we look back at the season as a whole. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a fun slate of interviews for you all for a few weeks Mm -hmm. in July before we dive back into season four. All right. Well, Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.